الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه المعجز بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون أياما معدودات وقال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام بعد من أدرك رمضان فلم يغفر له فيما روى سلمان رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم آمين وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته I wish to commence with a reminder of the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a hadith narrated by Sayyidina Salman radiallahu an that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said at the commencement of the month of Ramadan there are certain words which we are encouraged to recite frequently and those words are shahadatu an la ilaha illallah testimony of iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as we can, we should try to recite this abundantly, insha'Allah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. The second thing that Rasulullah said, he says, these first two things will please your Lord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ridwan is promised for them. So the first is to say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. The second is, Astaghfirullah, to seek repentance and forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the weaknesses and shortcomings that definitely exist within us. So we say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah. And then the next two things that Rasulullah said, you need to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are two things without which you can never acquire success. And the first of the two is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Jannah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka al-Jannah. If we say inna nas'aluka, we are asking collectively. If I say, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah, then I'm asking individually. So both ways are fine and suitable. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah. And the, the last is, wa'a'udhu bika min al-nar. Oh Allah, I ask you and beseech and beg you for jannah. And I seek protection against the fire of jahannam. May Allah give us tawfiq. Let us try to recite it twice at least or thrice before we commence. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Astaghfirullah. اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أسندت دمبر and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum heard him utter the words Amin, which was not his usual practice. Thrice this was what was witnessed by the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And when he completed the Jumu'ah, they asked him, O Nabi of Allah, we witnessed you saying these words of Amin, which is not commonly practiced by you. What was the reason? And he said, Jibreel alayhi salam came to me and he said, Ba'uda man adraka Ramadana falam yughfar lahu. Woe be unto that person, distance be that person who attains and reaches the month of Ramadan and he does not 
secure his forgiveness by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah make us amongst those who are forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah forgive the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for those sins that we have committed which resulted in the pitiful state in which we find ourselves. So constant istighfar. And when Jibreel alayhi salam said these words, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who is rahmatul lil alameen, he said ameen. So imagine how serious it is for a person not to exert himself to try to maximize and acquire and attain his forgiveness and maghfirah in the month of Ramadan. The second and third thing, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Jibreel alayhi salam said, Ba'uda man dhukirta indahu falam yusalli alayhi, falam yusalli alayk. That distance be that person who hears your name and does not send salutations upon you. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Whenever we hear the name of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, send salutation. Man salla alayya salatan wahidatan, sallallahu alayhi biha ashra. That person who sends one salawat, one durood on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ten special rahmah of Allah descends upon him. And one rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one is sufficient to fulfill all our needs of dunya and akhirah for each and every one of, human, of, of the human race from Adam alayhi salam till the day of qiyamah. So when we hear the name of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we say, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad, or say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, ameen, for this as well. And the third was, ba'uda man adraka abawayhi al-kibaru, ahadahuma falam yudkhilahu al-jannah. Woe be unto that person that his parents attain old age in his company, either both of them or one of them. Yet he is unable to secure his Jannah via the service of his parents. May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings towards our parents. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this month of Ramadan an opportunity for us to reboot our system that has been clogged up with, with faults and defects. All the applications in our system is defective. So the month of Ramadan is a chance for us to switch off and reboot so that all the applications can start working properly again after the month of Ramadan. Whether it be with regards to Silatul Rahim, Joining family ties, this is something which we are neglect, neglectful with. And taking care of our parents and showing respect to our parents, respected brothers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. In last week's Jumu'ah, we heard the importance of the acquisition of taqwa, which is the main ingredient to be achieved in the month of Ramadan. And our respected Imam presented many, many verses of the Qur'an in which the word taqwa is mentioned. Today I wish to share with your respected selves, the meaning of this word taqwa. Sometimes we use words in sharia, but the meaning of the word and its application is not clearly understood. Imam al-Ghazali rahimahullah, hujjatul Islam, and Imam al-Suyuti, they give the definition of taqwa. They say taqwa is malakatun tahuthu sahibaha ala mtithali awamirillah wajtinabi nawahih. It is that particular ability and quality which Allah creates within a person and that quality spurs him on it jolts him and pushes him forth to obey the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and avoid and abstain from those things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited which means a man and a woman with taqwa a good man and woman with taqwa will find it easy to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as we mentioned previously, and this point has to be driven into our hearts and our minds, that during the month of Ramadan, we are instructed to stay away from those things upon which the individual's 
existence depends, a human being's existence depends on food and drink. And the existence of the species of insan depends on the intimate physical relation between husband and wife in the halal manner. These two categories of needs upon which the existence of the individual also depends and the entire human race depends, we are able to separate and detach ourselves from it because Allah has instructed us to do so. So if those things which are normally halal, we are able to leave temporarily for the month of Ramadan during the day, then how more important would it not be for us to leave those things which are haram in Ramadan and out of Ramadan? Because it would be very, very foolish for a person to leave those things which are halal when he's fasting during the month of Ramadan, but the things which are haram before Ramadan and in Ramadan, he's not abstaining from that. And this is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that if a person does not leave his futile speech and incorrect utterances, then there is no need for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to witness you staying hungry and thirsty. So the first ingredient of taqwa, the first aspect of taqwa is for us to be conscious of what is halal and what is haram, to stay away from that which is prohibited in sharia. When a person acquires this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the other ahkam and the other aspects of deen easy to practice on. In the month of Ramadan, if we want to maximize and strengthen this quality of taqwa within us, the first thing we need to exercise, and this should be something which we do consciously, is ikhlas and our sincerity. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, to Sayyidina Mu'adh ibn Jabal, Ya Mu'adh, akhlis al-amal yakfika al-qaleel. O Mu'adh, inculcate ikhlas and sincerity in your actions. Very little will be sufficient for your success in the Akhirah. This is why on the day of Qiyamah, our a'mal are weighed, not only counted. Because according to the ikhlas in the, in the intention, the sincerity in the intention, this is how the action will be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the ulama therefore say we should try to abstain from two things, riya and sum'a. Riya is ostentation or showing people certain things. Riya in Arabic comes from the word ru'yatun, which means something that you can see. So I do something which will be noticed by the person next to me. I'm performing salah, so perhaps I lengthen the salah or I, I do something which will be noticed visually by the person observing my action. And the other is sum'a. Sum'a has got to do with sami'a with listening and hearing. We do not utter such words with the intention of impressing the ears of other people. So mashallah, you know, I met you the other time, it was my third hajj or my fourth umrah. Or, so these slight hints about the good that we did is called sum'ah. And this is what destroys our action. It affects the ikhlas of the amal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept the amal which is not done sincerely for him. In the hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari, Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu an, when he used to narrate this hadith, he would sometimes fall unconscious. He said the first few people to be thrown headlong into the fire of Jahannam will be people who had easy access to Jannah. The first will be an alim and a qari, a scholar of deen, a reciter of the Quran. He will be asked that what did you do in this world for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure? And he will say, I recited the Quran, I taught the Quran, I taught the deen. And the malaika will tell him, kathabta. فعلت ليقال 
إنه قارئ إنه عالم. You did it so people could say what a great reciter, what a great عالم, what a great scholar he is. فقد قيل it has been said already and he will be thrown headlong into the fire of Jahannam. May Allah protect us, respected brothers. Rasulullah said the next person will be a mujahid, a person who in a lawful way gave his life striving for establishing the deen of Allah. In a lawful way. We're not talking about the crazy madness which is happening in the dunya in the name of Islam. Killing innocent people and, 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 and blowing themselves up in the name of, of our deen. This is not what Rasulullah came to present and save mankind from the fire of Jahannam for. So the person who is who has given himself, himself in a justifiable defense of the deen of Islam and he, and he dies, outwardly he seems to be a shaheed. But on the day of Qiyamah he will be asked, what did you do? He will say, I came with my life. This is, this is my life that I sacrificed for this deen. He will be told, Kadabta, walakin fa'alta liyuqal innahu shaheed. You did it so people could say he's a maha. What a brave person, innahu jari'. And the third will be a generous person, spending in various avenues of deen. But there was no sincerity behind it. He will be asked, what did you do? He will say, I spent here and in this avenue and this particular institute and this destitute person and this orphan and widow. And he will say, no, no, you said it so that people could say, innahu kareem, innahu jawad, he's such a generous person. فَقَدْ قِيلَ It has been said. So, respected brothers, the first thing for our a'mal to become strong, for this taqwa to, to grow in our hearts, may Allah strengthen it in our hearts, respected brothers. Let us say, ameen, is ikhlas and sincerity for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another thing, especially in the month of Ramadan, which we should try to avoid, which will assist us in acquiring this taqwa, is avoid argumentation and debates. Unfortunately, this ummah has become an ummah that only engages in arguments and debates. And more than that, whenever it is our big and the holiest days of our year, that's the time we find to argue the most. And the ones who are the most ill-equipped in being able to understand an academic discussion in a shari'i matter are the ones who speak the loudest. So it is a humble request that we try to abstain from argumentation. In, in deen, there are various categories of, of discussion. Certain things, do not, we do not compromise. The essentials of deen, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the risala of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, these are things we do not compromise on. There is no arguing about, is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the final prophet? Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wahdahu la sharik or not? There is only one haqq and the rest is batil. But in other aspects of our life, there are certain discussions which might be of an academic nature. If you are not well equipped with the, pro the, the process of how these discussions unfold, then it would be a waste of our time to try to get into argumentation with other people, whereas we could be spending that time in something more fruitful and beneficial. Rasulullah states in a hadith, one of the signs of the deviation of a nation, ma dalla qawmun ba'da hudan kanu alayhi illa utul jadal, one of the signs of the deviation of a nation after they had been rightly guided is the abundance of arguing and fighting with one another over secondary issues. So we should learn to converse with one another and not debate. In a conversation, a person could intend reaching the ultimate goal of haq and truth in a polite and a dignified manner. But if it's a debate, in a debate there has to be a winner and a loser. And none of us wants to be a loser. So inevitably, the nafs is going to, to come in, into that particular discussion, which will go against the essence of taqwa. Because taqwa means that I sacrifice everything for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now in this instance, I am going to give preference to my nafs in order to establish 
my particular opinion and view. So the, the most important thing for us would be, respected brothers, as the followers of the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is not to utter things that we don't have knowledge about. A person who speaks in the matters of deen without knowledge is a criminal. And I will qualify the statement. It might be a very severe statement, but I will qualify it. In a hadith narrated uh, by Imam al-Tirmidhi and some of the books of Sihah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was discussing some matter with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum who returned from a journey. They, asked, they informed him of something that had happened with them. And that was, there was an individual who had a head injury. He suffered a head injury in the battle. And it was time for salah the next morning, and he had experienced a nocturnal emission. Ghusl became wajib upon him. And uh, they were not sure what he needs to do. They didn't know the hukam. They said, okay, he needs to have a ghusl, and it's very, very cold. He's got a head injury. They said, no, we don't know anything. You need to make ghusl. And without knowing that the details of the mas'ala, they told him, make ghusl. He did ghusl. Water entered the wound, and he passed away. When they informed Rasulullah sallallahu of this, Nabi sallallahu said, qataluhu, that they have killed him. If they didn't know, why didn't they ask? They should have waited and asked for the, the, the correct opinion for the specialists of the field. <clears throat> so similarly, in all aspects of deen, let us not, if we are well versed in one particular science in one field, Barakallahu feek, may Allah make you the imam of your field. If a person is a master in uh, engineering, he is the alim of engineering. If someone is a master and he is a specialist in medicine, he is the alim of that particular field. But when it comes to aspects of Sharia, it doesn't mean that we read one article on Google or we read some article in some journal and automatically we become authorities in aspects of Sharia. We need to be aware that this shouldn't destroy the environment of the month of Ramadan and also our spiritual upliftment. And one of the things which sometimes spoils uh, our environment is constant discussion about uh, various things. Is it 20 rakats or is it 8 rakats? And this 20 rakats is, you know... Uh, it's not the actual sunnah. The actual sunnah is uh, supposed to be less than that. Respect the brothers, let us not waste our time with these discussions. Barakallahu feek. If you're coming for a, a few rakats, may Allah reward you. We're not going to uh, start a whole debate on the issue. But one request I do have, that in a masjid in which there's 20 rakats being performed, at least let us have that much of the ittiba' of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'll explain why I say the ittiba' of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let us at least stay till the end of the gathering. If it's 20 rakats, make 20. In Tirmidhi, there's a hadith which is the muhaddithin say falls under the category of salatul tarawih. Where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam states, That most certainly if a man performs salah with the imam until the imam returns. In other words, the imam completes his salah, then he goes. That person will get the reward of tahajjud for the entire night. So yes, maybe some brothers are tired. We know people are working. So you might not have the energy sometimes. But let us, the request is, let us not create an environment in which large numbers of people go out after eight rakats as if the 20 rakat is some controversial issue. It has been established through tawatur. Tawatur means an unbroken chain of people from the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum up to today in such large numbers that it is impossible for them to have fabricated this particular ruling. So many millions of them have performed 20 rakats of salah from the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. 
If I am weak and unable to do so, no problem. We make dua that Allah gives you and gives us all the strength and accepts whatever we do. But let us not be a means of creating the image or the impression that there's some difference of opinion, there's some dissension in this community that a big group goes out and the masjid becomes half in size. The Sahaba taught us when they had a difference of opinion, then they would sacrifice their own opinion to the opinion of somebody who is senior to them. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu he is one of the most learned of the Sahaba radiallahu He was of the opinion that in, in Hajj, in Mina, the Sunnah is to perform two rakats of Salah in the Fard. Dhuhr, Asr, you perform it shortened too. Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu he was also a jurist of the Sahaba. His opinion for himself was that he should make four because he had married in Makkah Mukarramah and he had made Makkah Mukarramah his personal abode. One of his personal abodes. And when, and everybody knew that this was the difference between the two. When Sayyidina Uthman became the Khalifa and he led the Salah in Mina, he performed four rakats of Salah. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, whose strong view was that it's two rakats, performed four rakats behind him. So somebody said, Oh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, you, you, you explained this ruling with such fervor and so seriously that you're supposed to do two, but you're making four behind Sayyidina Uthman. He said, Al-Khilafu Sharrun. He said, to cause this unity is even worse. To cause this unity is even worse. So this is what we need to try to build, inshallah, in the month of Ramadan, unity. Let us avoid any arguments. If, if somebody is going to argue or you feel that you're becoming annoyed, do what Rasulullah sallallahu said, Inni Sa'im, that I am fasting, we are all fasting, let us ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability to inculcate these qualities of taqwa, of ikhlas, of being firm and on the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And may he give us the tawfiq to ensure that we spend our time as much as we can in the month of Ramadan in the recitation of the Quran, as much as we can, inshallah. Today is a day of Jumu'ah also. Abandon salawat and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Through the barakah and blessings of salawat, Allah removes difficulties. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for people to pay their debts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants shifa. So let us engage in these a'mal, inshallah, through which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us success in this world as well as in the akhirah. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله
أشهد أن محمد رسول الله على الصلاة شهر رمضان بفضيلة الصيام من بين سائر الشهور وفتح فيه أبواب الجنان بما فيها من السرور وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمدًا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليمًا كثيرًا كثيرًا أما بعد فاتقوا الله عباد الله فإن التقوى مجتمع الخيرات وسبب نيل البركات ووسيلة لتفريج الهموم والكربات فقد نزل بساحتكم شهر كريم وموسم عظيم يحمل خيرات عظيمة وبركات كثيرة فيه مضاعفة للحسنات وتكفير عن السيئات وإقالة للعثرات وإجابة للدعوات مخصوص بأسمى الصفات وأزكى الدرجات فقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم أتاكم شهر رمضان شهر بركة فيه خير يغشيكم الله فينزل الرحمة ويحط فيه الخطايا ويستجيب فيه الدعاء ينظر الله سبحانه وتعالى إلى تنافسكم فيه ويباهي بكم ملائكته فأروا الله من أنفسكم خيرا 
فإن الشقي من حرم فيه رحمة الله عز وجل وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم في الجنة ثمانية أبواب فيها باب يسمى الريان لا يدخله إلا الصائمون وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام في رواية أخرى من قام رمضان إيمانا واحتسابا غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام من لم يدع قول الزور والعمل به فليس لله حاجة في أن يدع طعامه وشرابه فقابل أيها المسلم ما تسمع من كلام نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بالسمع والطاعة والامتثال حتى لا تقع في فتنة الزمان أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم الحمد لله رب العالمين له النعمة وله الفضل وله الثناء الحسن صلوات الله البر الرحيم والملائكة المقربين على سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه الطيبين الطاهرين الميامين وبعد أيها المسلمون اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون واعلموا أن الله سبحانه وتعالى قد أمرنا بأمر عظيم أمرنا بالصلاة والسلام على نبيه الكريم فقال عز وجل إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وتحنن وزد وبارك وترحم على سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وأصحابه الطيبين الطاهرين الميامين خصوصا على الخلفاء الراشدين المهديين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي رضي الله عنهم وعن سائر الصحابة والتابعين والأئمة الأربعة المجتهدين أبي حنيفة ومالك والشافعي وابن حنبلي وسادات علمائنا المحققين وعنا معهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين واجعل هذا العام عام فتح ونصر وفرح وغلبة لأمة سيد المرسلين اللهم انصر المسلمين المظلومين المستضعفين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم أيدهم بتأييدك اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين وارحم موتانا وموت المسلمين واغفر لنا وارحمنا وارضى عنا وتقبل منا وأدخلنا الجنة ونجنا من النار وأصلح لنا شأننا كله اللهم أعنا على الصيام والقيام وغض البصر وحفظ اللسان ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العلي العظيم يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون قوموا إلى صلاتكم يرحمكم الله
Please state in the sufuf and fill in the gaps on the sides of the masjid. الله أكبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده Allahu Akbar 
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا أنزلناه في ليلة القدر وما أدراك ما ليلة القدر ليلة القدر خير من ألف شهر تنزل الملائكة والروح فيها بإذن ربهم من كل أمر سلام هي حتى مطلع الفجر الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك تياد الجلال والإكرام اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم أعنا على الصلاة والصيام والقيام وغض البصر وحفظ اللسان ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم تقبل منا صلاتنا وصيامنا وقيامنا وركوعنا وسجودنا وتسبيحنا وتهليلنا وجميع أعمالنا اللهم تقبل منا القليل وسامحنا بالكثير ولا تؤاخذنا بالتقصير ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه 
ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا واغفر لنا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين